Hello and welcome back to Best Friend Stuff. So, um, I kind of left y'all off on a little bit of a cliffhanger, and I apologize for that, but it's honestly for the better. Um, in this episode, it is the first episode. Welcome. Um, so this topic is gonna get a little deep, a little fast. So I'm gonna go in and give the brace at the beginning. Um, but in this episode, I'm going to be giving y'all the deep dive about my life and my journey to Christ that I promised in the original episode. So in that introduction, I give y'all bits and pieces about how much my life has changed in the last few years and how I think it's for the better. And so in this, I'm going to go into some depth about that and I'm going to relate it to some gospel. Um, this episode is not going to be heavy on actual scripture, but rather words of wisdom involving scripture that I've picked up on and have found great relation to my testimony. So to start things off, I am going to start with a piece of scripture, and this is a verse I found the week that I gave my life to Christ, and it is been my life verse ever since. It's Ephesians 6, verse 12 through 13, and it states, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. So that verse stood out a lot to me during the journey I'm about to take y'all through, and it's because, as I introduced earlier, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable is a vital aspect to our relationship with Christ, and it can be used as a great guideline for our lives. So I'm going to take it back to start us off, and we're going to start about 2019-2020. And this was the period in my life where I felt like I was finally close to God. Um, It was a period in my life where I was constantly striving to be at church a lot more. But looking back in hindsight, it wasn't for the gospel or the good word I'd get out of going when rather I went to church because I enjoyed the people that were there. Uh, My youth pastor has been amazing. The people who work in my youth department have just always been so great to me, especially through my journey. And I had a little bit of a push. It was my first year of young life, freshman year of high school. And I was like, you know what? I love young life. I need to get a little bit more involved in my youth group again, which this is going to bring us back to the point I brought up in the intro about how it was still somewhat forced by my parents. It was a, I want you to go to at least two Christ-related things a week. So for me, that was church and young life. So I'd show up to both of those weekly, and I love the outreach Young Life does, but the gospel aspect of it isn't as full as in church. So I was missing some of those opportunities to get into Christ that I had laid out for me, and instead I was deciding to spend my time in Young Life. Because even though we do have great talks at Young Life, and our leaders have great wisdom to share, like Asa, he has had some great things to say this year. That's my Young Life leader, for those of you that may not know 
me personally or just don't really know of Darlington Young Life that well. Um, but probably the thing I started to realize as I progressed in my journey is Young Life is really good at starting that relationship with Christ. And in all honesty, Young Life is ultimately what brought me to Christ, not the church. But I couldn't continue to nurture that relationship without it. Like, they have to go hand in hand. You can't just have that place you go to hang out with people and it be all you have, which the biblical definition of a church is a community of believers gathered together to further strengthen their belief. And this is something that I was taught regularly growing up in a Presbyterian church. So Young Life could be considered a church with the right eyes because it's a community of believers. But at the same time, you kind of have to focus on that aspect of where you're going to get the most out of that scenario. So what I ultimately ended up doing is that year still felt forced. But then we get into 2020, 2021, that school year, sophomore year. And this is when things get a little bit less hectic, or at least for most people in high school. Because freshman year, you're bottom of the barrel. Everyone's like, oh, look at the freshman. Let's go pick on him. This will be really, really fun. And what I hadn't really noticed going on is I had a little bit of a decline in my mental health. And I'm not going to put a label on it because mental health is a very sensitive subject. And I have some friends that are very, very, very dear to my heart. And they have gone, some of them have gone through much harder journeys than me regarding mental health. And some of them have gone through similar paths. Some have been a little bit less extreme. Um, but I had been declining in mental health for a few, for about a year at this point. I realized I wasn't getting joy out of what I was doing. I was playing soccer, which I have grown up doing almost my entire life. Like as soon as I could walk and I was old enough at the minimum age to go play rec soccer, it's where I was every single weekend on Saturdays and then church on Sundays. And so when it came to the point where I had chosen to quit football, which had been going really well for me to focus entirely on soccer for a full year and not getting that experience I'd always gotten out of life, it kind of rose a red flag. So I decided to step back from the relationship and I also cut myself off from my friends, which was a massive mistake on my part. Because at this point especially, my friends have honestly been my rock. Like church and young life and all this have had such great support to me, but my friends are great Christian people and all our ideologies surrounding our friendship are us making sure we're doing respectable things that aren't going to tan our image. We're not going to hurt ourselves going into the future. And I see them at Young Life Weekly. A few of them even go to the same church as me. Some of them are about to start going to the same youth group as me. And it's just really, really good to see that I finally got that back in. Because the biggest, biggest thing I can say about using Christ as a guide in your life is find that community, find that friend group in which when you're with them, everyone is gaining positive things out of this. So I'm going to go a little bit back on track here because I got a little bit off topic. But as this mental health started to decline, I started to pull away from things that meant a lot to me. But I ultimately ended up going back to sports as my escape to just get away from everything I was dealing with in my life. And it was to the point to where sports were no longer a thing I was doing to enjoy. 
It was something I was going to do to forget, which is one of the most dangerous things you can do is use something other than the gospel as your outlet to forget something. So that went on for several, several months where sports was what I was doing every single day. Like I would go to school five days a week, like a normal student, but then my weekends, I was spending about three to four hours a day playing sports. And this is when I reached a point to where right before I went out of town in the summer of 2021, which changed my life forever, I had joined football back up again. And this is when it became to the point of I had been using sports as an escape so much that I enter practice for preseason. It's our first day in shells, which for those of you that don't play football, it means it we have shoulder pads and helmets on for the first time. We don't have the game pants, but we're really close to the same feel. And as expected as a soccer player, I'm the kicker for our high school football team. And what ultimately ended up happening is I'd been sending so much time out on that field just to get my mind off of things that when I show up to the first day of practice where I knew I was going to be fighting for the starting spot, I hurt my leg the first day of practice, which it wasn't anything severe, but it was enough to set back all that work I've been putting in to forget. So even though I still continued to go to practice every day with the team, even though I wasn't able to get as much out of it as I wanted to, I ultimately came to the point where sports couldn't be my escape anymore because I'd be hurting myself worse than I was originally. So this is when Young Life and church stepped up into my life a little bit more because my focus of sports causing me to miss Young Life some days ultimately ended up going away and I couldn't miss church or anything for Young Life anymore. So it still had been a habitual thing where I was just showing up because it's what I'd done. But then that's when we get to Carolina Point, which I briefly touched on last time, which ultimately was the weekend that changed my life. So a few aspects I forgot to mention in the intro, which was for a reason, is that that weekend at Carolina Point, there were several people that I had known my entire life. And I'm about to list off some names real quick. I don't expect some of y'all to know these names, but Zeus was there. Then Dave Mahon, he was the old area director for me, my in our area my entire time in middle school and with my parents' involvement in the board for Young Life, it had become a point where Dave was pretty much another family member in my heart. He had played a great role in me. Whenever I saw him, I was ecstatic to see him. And I've never really been an emotional guy. Like, I've always typically been shut off, hiding myself from others, and that's why I had to pull away when I faced these problems. So what ended up happening is that weekend while Dave and Zeus are there, there's also two other Young Life leaders there at that weekend, EJ and then one other that I'm blanking on the name on, I apologize, but they were other leaders that I had grown up since I was a child with. And then as I get to middle school, they split off and join other areas for Young Life because Christ called them as the guide of their life to a different point in their ministry. So what ultimately ended up happening is that weekend, I was only there with two other guys from my school and none of the girls were able to go. So it was a weekend where it was just me and two close friends of mine, Joey and Daniel, 
And so I had a very tight knit community that weekend because I wasn't having the average 20 to 30 guys we have come from my school alone to these weekends. So then we got into club, which for those of you that go to Young Life, you already know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the high point of every single night when you're at camp. But for those of you that are unfamiliar with Young Life or it's a vague memory of the past, whether you did it in high school back when you were at that point, or if you're a leader right now, club is the point of the night where we meet and we have a blast. We'll go in, we'll sing some Justin Bieber, we'll sing other popular songs at that moment. We even sing some throwbacks, like we might sing some old Five Seconds of Summer, some old NSYNC. Like it's that moment where everyone's just there to have a good time. You're screaming at the top of your lungs. But after all this fun and excitement, we sit down and we have a speaker that weekend give us a good 30-minute talk about Christ. And oftentimes, these talks are extremely harsh. They're straight to the point of just sensitive topics. And one of these points is one that has stuck with me for a while and is in my notebook that I bring with me to church every Sunday. I bring with me to Young Life. It's become a point now to where my life has changed so much. It's something I do. I like to keep these notes so I can remember these points. But this is a point that Greg gave at Sharp Top this year and then gave it this weekend in Carolina Point to where he said, with our hearts disconnected from Christ, we are crushed by the weight of sin and attempt to fill the void with worldly commodities. The exact thing I had been doing when I was at the lowest point in my life, I was using worldly commodities of sports to take my mind off of the disconnection I had my entire life. And that's honestly why I kept going down on the dumps, down on the dumps, down on the dumps. It's because this relationship with Christ was being pulled and pulled and pulled apart to the point to where I didn't have that safety net of God, which has been provided to us since birth. He is our father. He put us into this world in his image for his glory. So when I got to this point in my life where I didn't know what to do, I ended up taking this message to heart because I realized, oh shoot, this is me. So ultimately, the point I've been avoiding is the last day of Real Talk. I'm not going to go into too much detail about this, even though I know some of y'all are very eager to hear about Real Talk, but Real Talk were other people's testimonies, and it's not my business to share their path. Everyone goes through their own journey at some point in their life, whether Christ is a part of it or not. And I want to respect these people that have had important roles in my life and let their stories be their stories to tell. And some people that are going to appear on this podcast later, you're going to see, are going to tell bits and pieces of their story and how it connects to phrases and quotes and verses that I've been throwing out intermediately in this because... There are important vital aspects we will find in scripture or different things scripture points us to because of our relationship with Christ. And the whole best friend stuff, the name, the reason for this podcast is because a love like God's requires a response. I'm going to just let that sit. A love like God's requires a response. Because when we put our identity in who we are, 
we fail, we sin. But if we change our focus of who we are, who we want to be, how others see us, that's not going to go well. Our focus and our identity needs to be put into whose we are, who we belong to, not who we are. Because when we focus on who we belong to, God, we can finally have peace with who we are. I'm going to say that one more time. When we put our identity in whose we are, we can finally have peace in who we are. So back to real talk. Real talk, Greg was not the only speaker that weekend, but he was the one who stood out to me the most. We had a varsity athlete who was just your standard high school guy, and he talked through how he had a mental decline, how he had this disconnection from Christ, and it's obvious if you want this relationship with Christ, when you disconnect, you know what's happening. And for some people, they've been disconnected for so long, they don't see this disconnection anymore. It's a new normal. And it's like how, like, I'm going to go into real world situations here. COVID is an example of a new normal. With all that's happening COVID, there are now things that we haven't done in years or things that we've started doing that have become normal to us. Like, I bet you about 90% of the people listening to this podcast have a mask somewhere near the glove box or hanging somewhere in their car to where it's a hand's reach away. And here's the thing. When we can form this new normal, we can find new habits like having a mask on us for COVID. We can make this new normal trying to get into the word with Christ every single day. So we were at Real Talk. Greg's just testimony, his life story stood out to me so much that it was the first time I cried in three years. Like, as I was saying earlier, I'm not an emotional person and I'm honestly might cry mid podcast right now, but like, I've always shut myself off. My family is never people I go to whenever I'm not feeling well. I just shut it in and do the stereotypical, I'm a male. I'm supposed to act tough. I'm not allowed to be vulnerable. And so I just started crying in front of all 800 plus people that were there that weekend. And it was because his testimony had hit with me so hard and all the relations through the mental struggles I'd gone through, the vital, important people in his life. And the thing that set me off, which a lot of you are not going to know is Mike Sweeney, the guy I talked about in the intro. Great guy, area director before Dave Mahon, one of the other leaders there this weekend. Um, uh, Derek Hay, that's the leader I was forgetting about earlier. Great guy. Another person I grew up with, he was at my birthday party in fifth grade running Young Lifestyle skits to entertain us. And he's also another like parent to me in my heart, just like Dave. But Sweeney, another one of these people that's been like a parent to me my entire life. When I was really young, about six or seven, um, Sweeney passed away from skin cancer. And he had held such an important role in my life at a young age um, uh, that (laughs) when Greg brought him up at his talk, um, uh, I broke down. I wasn't able to mentally handle all the weight that was put on me and it just shows just how good how raw how natural these emotions are when we just put our identity in Christ and like 
the level I'm at right now, just retelling the story, I have the same emotions every single time I share it with people. And it's because I feel like it's so important for other people to be able to see these sides of guys like me that don't want to show who they really are to people until they get comfortable. And so following the conclusion of Real Talk, we were given the opportunity to go up and talk to the people whose testimony stood out to me. And the second they prayed us out, I beelined it straight to Greg. And I sat down and I just talked about my entire life. He was the first person in my life where I felt like it was finally time to open up. And it just shows how good and how much emotion we can get out of this relationship with God. And I'm still in literal tears right now recalling this because I never cry in front of people other than my family. My mom and my brother and my sister are the only people I've cried in front of before this moment. Because when I had this moment, it felt so good to finally let go of all that was holding me back with my relationship while everyone else is still sitting, waiting their turn to talk to Greg inside this club room, which it's just an auditorium. You sit on these stairs with a stage in the middle. So if you're talking to one of these people, the entire club can see you. And for the first time in my life, I didn't care if people saw me vulnerable. It was so vital and so important for me to form this relationship with Christ that I didn't care who was watching. I would have cried in front of the entire world on national TV if I had to. Just like right now, I'm not afraid to just open up and be emotionally vulnerable to y'all. Because this is just what we will need out of a relationship. So following just this absolute mental collapse I had of just absolute joy of finally being able to let it go... Greg looked at me and said the all-important question of, would you be willing to give your life to Christ this weekend? And that was the point where I finally just was like, let's do this. And so I immediately went from saying all this, crying in front of the entire camp, and there was this one spot on camp I found the first day. Because our speaker this weekend, it was not Greg, surprising enough. He was just on a panel of a sub lesson that we were learning that weekend. Um, uh, and I just went to this little quiet spot next to a stream that I'd been sitting to the entire time at camp because I just liked sitting in the nature and just hearing the creations around me. And when I got to this point, I just sat there and I sat in prayer for 25 minutes. Like... I looked down at my watch and I was like, I'm going to go back in the club room in 10 minutes and tell my young life leader everything that just happened. And I was so happy to finally get to this point. Time didn't matter to me anymore. All that mattered to me was just building that bond with Christ. And so I then go back into the club room and my leader's still sitting there waiting on me, just like how Christ waits for us. And I'm about to pull out another quote that I've heard throughout this journey And it's that Jesus stands on the doorstep of our hearts wanting a relationship with us. And from a young age, I grew up with another quote, which was that it's the classic golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated. And biblically, the way we treat others should be a representation of how we'd treat Christ if he came down to earth. So this moment was extremely surreal to me, coming back in the club room and seeing my leader sitting there looking at the door, 
waiting for me to walk through. Because how our relationship with other people should embody a relationship with Christ, just like how Christ waits for us to accept this relationship with him, that's exactly what my Young Life leader did. He sat there and waited for me to come back to him and explain all that just happened. And there's nothing we can experience that God won't understand. And so I got to this moment and for some of you have heard this a lot. And I know for some of you, you may not have heard about this because I urge you whether you're Christian or not to listen to this podcast, which I know I'm 25 minutes in and I might've lost a few people that this doesn't interest. But for those of you that have made it this far, I urge you that God's purpose for our life is greater than ourself. This is the primary focus. And for those of you that may not believe in Christianity and are just here to hear some words of wisdom that have been passed to me, because biblical messages don't always have to have biblical undertones. Like, just like the golden rule about how we treat others like we should treat Christ, there's all these parallels between that trademark, hallmark version of a guy or a girl that you strive to be. It's why celebrity crushes are a thing. Like, there's that person you strive to want to be with because they seem perfect. And Christ is that perfection. That's the person we should be putting our energy into. And so, the next day, there was something we did called a walk of believers. And I'm going to stay away from sharing other people's stories because it's not mine to tell, but I hope I can get some of these people on future episodes. Joey Kite also gave his life to Christ this exact same weekend. And so this leads me to another point about how Christ can be used as a guide for our life and should be a guide for our life. And it's that there's a really good message I heard during this walk of believers where we just walked around camp to all the most beautiful spots on the camp. And as we walked, they gave us different nuggets and pieces of wisdom along the way. And one of the best ones I can see that you can apply to your everyday life is how to have biblically standing relationships to help your generation, the future generation, and the past generation all continue your walk with Christ. Because everyone's going to have their own definition of what a testimony is. And for me, my definition of the testimony that I just shared with you is a testimony is a never-ending story of our relationship with Christ and where it starts and where it ends. As we live, our testimony continues. So while we were on this weekend, they gave this nugget that I'm about to get to y'all that I was just talking about in which it applies to my belief of a testimony, in which the one of the best ways, other than just a good community of friends you can build your relationship with Christ with, is to have someone younger than you, someone your age, and someone older than you to walk through Christianity with. Because if you can have that older person, like your young life leader, or for me, my young life leader isn't just a college kid, my Young Life leader is also the new area director for our Young Life, which he's not necessarily new. He's been the Young Life area director since I've been in high school and even before I got to high school. But Andrew McCluskey, he's our area director. He's another one of my leaders. That's one of the guys I cling to to build my faith. 
and those older generational people, you shouldn't be afraid to ask these deeper questions because there's so many questions people have in life on because I identify as this, because I do this, because I thought this, does this make me a Christian or does it prevent me from being a Christian? When sin is all equal in God's eyes, regardless of what we're going to do, sin is sin. But because I'm saying that, don't take it as what you hear some people just trying to rile Christians up or just trying to hit a wrong stereotype of, Jesus died for our sins, so I'm not going to make his death be for nothing. That is the absolute worst thought process I've ever heard about Christianity, and it drives me up a wall whenever I hear it. Just because sin is equal in God's eyes doesn't mean we should be doing sins that God explicitly tells us not to do. Because sin is sin, and it stabs a hole in our heart, God's heart. Like, these sins upset everyone in our Christian relationships. So, with this older person that you have in this three-pronged relationship, that should be the person you use for wisdom and questions to bounce your faith off of. Because I can almost guarantee you these people that are older than you that you're going to use as your support outside of church to help you with your growth, those people are going to have older members of their community, their tribe, that are helping them. Because not only do I bounce ideas and my faith off of my young leader, my youth pastor, Jimmy Latham, is another amazing person I can share my faith with. And I can use him to help guide me through anything. And these relationships make it healthy for you. It teaches you how to like interact with older people or people of a different generation or just people that aren't the same as you. Because this just commonality of Christ can be everything you need in a relationship. Then the second step, that person that's the same age, these can be more than one, this can be more than one person, but these are the people your age that you're walking through your journey with. So in my case, this is Elizabeth Ritchie, Allison King, my sister Kate, it's Jack Cowan, it's Daniel, it's Joey, and the list goes on and on and on. I even go through my faith with Ryan, I go through my faith with Thomas, and just because we all make different decisions doesn't make us any better or any worse than anyone else. We are all sinners, don't get that wrong. Like, someone who literally murdered someone is just as bad as we are in God's eyes because we are all sinners. But God seeks out those that want to form a relationship with him. It goes straight back to the unconditional love. Everything that we do, it upsets God and tears him to pieces, but he's going to love us regardless because Jesus and God see us as the man we've become rather than who we were because God is enough. So the final step, that person that's younger, some people listening to this might think they're not old enough to quite have that younger generation or think that that younger generation in their eyes is too young to start it with. But this walk through faith doesn't necessarily mean let's go sit down, get lunch, get coffee, and just talk about God once a week. This can be people that you nurture friendships with, and it's very obvious that God is present in this relationship. 
And in my scenario, I use this relationship with the younger generation in which how I want to help the next generation walk through with Christ as the generation ahead of me has for me because it's tremendously made me happier through everything I've done is I just try to be that role model, that person who's willing to be there for the younger generation or be that guy that the middle schoolers can look up to. Like I walk through the hallways through our high school and when the middle schoolers are in the athletic center for their physical education, PE class, whatever you want to call it, well, I have weights or I'm about to have sports practice. I can't tell you how many of those kids that in the past I wanted to be like because of how respectful and how kind they were. Because there's no shame in wanting to be someone else as long as it's not sinful. Because wanting to be someone else as Look at that super nice car they have. Look at that super nice house they live in. This guy has so much money. I want to be like him. That's a sin. That's unhealthy. That's envy. That's greed. That's lust. You're wanting things that aren't viable. But if you have that want to be like a respectable person, someone who you see their entire actions, or at least they're trying to make all their actions through Christ because we still sin, no matter how much we try to have Christ in our life, we are sinners. We're going to sin. Because if you try to go back and count how many times you lied, whether it's for the benefit of someone else or not, you're sinning. And oftentimes, it may be harsh to tell someone something, but lying, as said in the Bible, is a sin, which there are all these loops and twists and bends in the scripture in which some things are written one way, but then later in the Bible, they will be written different. But the thing is, we need to learn how to live in reality. We need to put our faith in practice, and his reality, God's reality, is the relationship we formed with him. And he overlooks all of our flaws and provides the needs that we require to build these relationships. So just using Christ as this guideline, as this map in our life is one of the healthiest ways we can be with Christ, which it's not the only important thing. So what you're going to see in later points in this podcast is I'm not the only one talking. This podcast is not supposed to be, let's go listen to Ryland rant about Christianity and his story for about 35 to 40 plus minutes when he releases a podcast every week if he's able to stick with that schedule. Like, that's not what this is supposed to be. I'm going to give those of you that listen this far a little sneak peek. And I have some very, very important people in my life or people that have helped me build my life in Christianity that are going to join this podcast later, whether they are family, whether they are friends, whether it's someone heavily involved in my church or whether it's someone involved in young life. But the advantage is they will not all be the same race. They will not all be the same age. They will not all be the same ethnicity. Some people will be from foreign countries. This is not supposed to be a sole American perspective on how the gospel is vitally important to our lives. That is why this definition of this podcast is a podcast that explains how we use Christ and his eternal love for us as a map, as a guide, as a pathway, as a blueprint for our life in order for us to get a better relationship with him. 
and worldly commodities are always going to get in the way, but you just have to have that faith, that trust to steer away. And so just the few things that I want to leave y'all with at the end of this is like, I know this is heavy. This is deep. It's emotional for me. It might be emotional for some of you. Like this is the first time that I have allowed myself to cry in front of other people. And I just hope you guys know how special this is. That my relationship with Christ, it isn't done. I'm not perfect. I forget to spend time in the gospel some days. Like the number one thing in my prayers has been, God, please help me form a closer relationship with you for I have fallen away and I have strayed away from your love. I have broken apart our relationship because I went from this emotional high of giving my life to Christ to a point in which I was in the gospel. I was in a Devo book that Andrew McClessy gave me every single day, every single night. I was reading my Bible. I was looking for us to save. And then the part of my testimony I haven't said yet, which I'll use as proof of how God works as a blueprint in our life, is two weeks after Young Life Camp, where my life changed forever. I went to a summer camp I've grown up at. It's called Camp Rock Mountain, Black Mountain, North Carolina. I hope to be staffed there this summer because it would be a great way to be able to continue to spread the good news of the gospel and try to be that older person I looked up to as a kid at this camp. And while I was there, the biggest thing for me was my cabin mates had been through very, very similar experiences as me. In our journeys. Some of them hadn't fully believed in Jesus yet or in God or in the eternal plan that they have for us, but they had realized there had to have been something bigger than themselves to get out of their own mental struggles. And to in my time at this camp, there's a rank at our summer camp because what's a guy's camp without a little competition? But this is a rank called Paladin. So when you get to the final four years at the camp, there's a rank system where the second you show up, you have one stripe. And as counselors or heads of your camp or heads of your tribe see you grow as a Christian man, as a person in God's image, you have the ability to rank up and gain another stripe. Once you get up another stripe, you can get to two stripes, three stripes, four stripes. But each one is harder to get because they want to see you strive to gain this relationship with Christ because they have been through similar journeys. I guarantee you, you go find some college student you know is Christian (coughs) or someone that you know is like in the scripture every day. It could be your parents or your youth pastor or a young life leader if you're in young life because I don't know where y'all are in your journeys. I don't know who those people are you can look up to, but I guarantee you if you go find someone who has had a point in their life where Christ has become a focal point or a shift in their attention, they will have that older person who has stood out to them and been that inspiration for them to grow as a person. And so... Once you get to four stripes, which you think is the highest rank, it's not. It's Paladin. But Paladin technically isn't the largest rank. That's not the way 
that it is described at this camp. Paladin is described as stepping down and putting yourself below others because as Christians, we're called to put others before ourselves. Just as Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, which that was a servant's job in his day. That was not a job someone with the power and strength of God or Jesus was supposed to do because they're three in one. But the definition for Paladin, which I think is a great definition of who we should strive to be in our everyday lives is a paladin is one who recognizes the wisdom of following God and goes out to encourage others in doing the same. The quest of a modern day paladin is not to possess some religious object like the Holy Grail. It's not the quest for a title in order to stand out amongst one's peers. Paladin is about making God the object of your desire and sharing the good news of God's love, the objective of your journey. Then there's a great verse that goes straight along with just the beliefs and ideologies of a paladin, which is who I strive to be every single day. Because those older kids I looked up to when I was 12 years old, my first year at the camp, for at least my first year where I was there for two weeks, like I was there for a while for that age, I looked up to these people that were paladin every single day because they were those Christian-like guys I looked up to. Because at the age of 12, you see these cool 16-year-olds running around as Christ-centered men, but they're not making dumb decisions that's going to hurt them in the future, but they're still living their life to the fullest. It's just so welcoming. It's so opening. It's just so relieving. So the verse that goes along with it is Matthew 5, verse 14 through 16. You are a light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a lamp and put it under a bushel. Instead, they put it on a lampstand and give it light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father in heaven. So, the camp I go to, Camp Rockmont, it exists on a foundation of young men of Christian principles who serve as counselors for young men. That's their staff philosophy. And... That's exactly what I was just talking about, about how you can see the light of Christ and other counselors that have befriended you, just like how you're going to have that as a freshman. You have that one senior who you latch on to because they can make your faith grow so much more. For me, in this case, it was Frank Manning. It's a kid I grew up with in the church my entire life, played football with him freshman year, and he was that Christian guy I strive to be more like because in a healthy way, I wanted to be more like him because I saw how much he had his life under control and how much he was focusing on Christ. And so what Rockmont realized is that the best staff are those who recognize the significance of spreading God's love. The significance of a counselor is someone who spreads God's love, which you don't have to be a counselor to spread God's love. Like, you could be eight years old for who knows what. You could be two years old and you could spread God's love. It's not something that is limited to your age, where you are from, where you were raised, how much money you have, how nice of a church you go to, how often you go to church, how much you're in the word. God's opportunity is the same for all of us. You just have to take that step 
in order to build this relationship with him. That is why this podcast is called Best Friend Stuff, because Greg refers to our relationship with Christ as best friend stuff. Because just like your relationships with a best friend, you're not going to get the same relationship with a first-year student you've never met before as you are your best friend. That is why a relationship with Christ needs to be a best friend type of relationship. More than that, really, because Christ is the one who put us on this earth. Our goal in life should be to strive to be more like Christ and bring his glory, bring his word to the earth. The last thing that I'm going to leave y'all with because of how much this has played a role in my life is our challenge as paladins is to consider the role of a mentor, how significant our actions are when younger eyes are watching us. We believe that they're internally significant, just like those older than us see us with the eyes of Christ, as all of us are eternally significant in the eyes of God. And we should have that same image on everyone else. And even though I know some of you might have heard that Christianity isn't something you should force upon people. It's still something you should extend your arms to. It's not like the middle, middle like evil times, medieval times where we're like running and killing people and prosecuting them over the faith. Rather, it's we're the ones being prosecuted for our faith in several countries around the world. But it's because these people realize this is a word, this is a love so great it deserves to be spread throughout the entire world. And it like as Christians we're called to love others so if they don't respect our opinion or they don't respect our belief we have to respect that but as Christians we might not get that same respect back but we still should love everyone regardless of where they are in their journey as if they are God the last point that I want to leave I know I've been saying this but the last point of Paladin was that after our time at this camp with all these mentors raising us every summer, is that we should understand that the best way to grow as men, as women, as individuals, is that if we can be leaders for others in their journey, if we can continue to strive to do these things and use Christ as a path for us, along as helping spread the word of Christ to others, others is the most vital way because with paladin they serve at council which is a once a week meeting that we hold at our camp and fire is the aspect it's what we surround ourselves with in this council we surround around a fire and we just talk we talk about god's love for us except god's love doesn't have to be a deep topic like, you can make Christianity as extreme or as dull as you want, but you're not going to get how much you need out of it until you send this deep dive straight into the Word to get closer to God. Because the Bible is a big book. I know people that work in my church that even though they've had to go through all these classes, they've had to do all this Bible study, there are still some questions they can't answer because that is how deep and infinite God's love is for us. Because you know what I'm talking about. Anytime something is infinite, anytime something is massive, it's complicated. (coughs) (coughs) Sorry, I'm getting really fired up. Um, (coughs) But... 
God's love is bigger, more infinite, larger than any other thing we can find in our life. <clears throat> and this is why in the Bible, we find Jesus most often around the poor and the marginalized. And he calls us to go into huts, which that's just an analogy for going out into the world. And we are called to enter and work for God's glory. So I'm going to leave you all with that. Um, for those of you that made it to the end, I very much appreciate it. Um, and I'm going to do something a little bit untraditional for a podcast. I'm going to pray out anyone who made it this far. And I'm going to encourage you, whether it's this podcast or anything else, because my goal of this podcast isn't for it to be successful. My goal of this podcast is for it to be an outlet for people that want to grow in their faith in Christ to learn things from new people. I'm going to learn things while making this podcast. I'm going to be filming with other people that have been through different parts of their journey with Christ, and they're going to leave me with pieces of wisdom that I haven't heard before, just like I hope I could have at least done today. And if I did it, that's just the one thing I want you to remember, is that when we look into the Bible, we get a quick glimpse of reality. Because our life is a far cry from Jesus and the Bible provides the answer. Because sin is the uproot of evil and separates us from God. This leads us straight back to the point I opened up with where when our hearts are disconnected from Christ, we are crushed by the weight of sin and attempt to fill that void with worldly commodities. So thank you all for your time. Thank you for listening to me just go a little ballistic cry a little bit, cough a little bit, die a little bit, because this is something we should all be passionate about. So um, I'm going to press out, and I really appreciate those of y'all that made it this far. So dear God, please allow us to continue our journey with you. Some of us may be further along, others of us may be further behind, Lord, but help us be able to find that community that helps benefit our faith with Christ to the best of our ability, Lord. Please allow us to be that light for those that don't know you, Lord, because we all know those people that may reject you entirely, may reject religion as a whole itself. And life without you is painful. It hurts to live without you, Lord. So please allow all of us here today to continue to be a light and to not hide it, to present it to the whole world and continue to strive to spread your glory. And in your name I pray, amen. Thank you guys so much for listening. And this has been the first episode of Best Friend Stuff. I really appreciate all of you that listen to this. This is something really new to me, but it's something I can see become a lot more passionate in the future. And I hope that as I grow with this podcast, hopefully we can all grow in our faith together. So thank you guys so much. And next episode will be out on Monday. Mm-hmm.